be that person that the Lord says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have built your life on me. Not me, on Jesus, you know. And that's what I want. That's what I want to build my life on. And so it is important to look at how we position ourselves going into this year. It is vitally important. If you, and I know there's a kind of two extremes, you know, you've got the one group that's very like, man, this is my year. I've got a list of New Year's resolutions, and this is, I'm going to achieve it. Who of you have failed already? Just be, be honest with me with your New Year's resolutions. It's, what, what's it now? The 15th of Jan. <laughs> there's still 11 and a half months left, you know. And so there's grace, don't worry. And then you've got another group that, uh, that feels like, no, I don't care. I, I don't care about New Year's resolutions. I'm just going to take it as it comes, you know, go with the flow, and, you know, whatever ha- happens will happen type of thing. And, and I mean, there's, 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 there's some good principles in both, but I think that there's a beautiful balance in the way we position ourselves under God this year. All right? And I believe that if we get to the end of 2023, where we end up spiritually will be a result of many decisions throughout this year, starting today. We don't need to say that again. If we reach the end of this year, God willing, the way, the, the, the state of our relationship with Jesus will be a result of many decisions throughout this year starting today. So whatever happens today matters. Whatever happens tomorrow, it matters. Whatever you do when no one sees, it matters. Whatever you do when everyone sees, it matters. Whatever you do, it matters. All right? And it all will end up either in the place of, man, you are strong in the Lord, end of the year, or you are, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Because that happens as well. I've seen it time and time again. And so you don't wake up tomorrow morning, I don't want to serve God anymore. You don't wake up like that. If you are serving God already, you don't wake up tomorrow morning, I don't want to serve Him anymore. It happens over a series of wrong decisions, a series of bad positioning. Amen? And this year, I want each one of us to position ourselves correctly under Him so that when we reach the end of the year, we can all come through and he has a smile on his face. He wants to live, put that smile on his face. Amen? Come on. So our position matters. It does. So I want to speak about two positions that we find in this life. And um, hopefully when I get to the preach, I said to Elaine, who's, who's serving so wonderfully on AV, I said to her, listen, it will be a miracle if I get through my preach, but here's my scriptures, and so we'll see. But I want to speak about two positions that we, we might find ourselves in this year, and then hopefully we'll get to some practical things on how we can better position ourselves to be used by God. I mean, I want to be used by God. If you want to be used by God, I want you to stand right now. Come on. Come on. Okay. God used you to stand. Well done. So you can grab a seat. <laughs> I want God to use all of us. So let's turn to our Bibles, or if you are that person that's only reads on the board, you are welcome to do that. And uh, so it's Ephesians chapter 2. 
from verse 1. We're just making note that's fine. You can just make a note of this. It's, it's probably going to, we're going to stick around on this scripture for a while. And uh, we're going to start in verse 1. So throughout this passage, you'll, you'll probably pick up where those key positions are. And then I'll dive into that. So as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, in his rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable, say the right word, incomparable, riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's quite a a lengthy passage, but I mean, I'm reading that and I'm like, whoa, Lord. How merciful are you? How kind are you? And so I I see basically two types of positions in this passage. And the first one is those who are outside of Christ and those who are inside of Christ. All right? So that's pretty much the two positions. If you get born into this life, that's the two positions you will find yourself in. You get born uh, outside of Christ. But then there's also a group that's inside of Christ. And so this year, no matter who you are, you are now, right now, you are either outside of Christ or you are inside of Christ. I wish there were like a middle way where you can kind of have both, you know. It's almost like, you know, those of you who served a bit during the holiday, holiday, you you kind of wiggle your way on this side and then this side, and you're trying to just balance it out. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God. You're either in Christ or you're not. All right? And I don't want us to make it too heavy right now, but that's, that's, that's where we'll find ourselves in. Either in Christ or outside. So what does it look like to be outside of Christ, you might ask? And I want to say that we are born sinners. You're not born Christian. Did you know that? The Christians, your, your parents might be Christians, and that's great. And they really help us to grow up in good values. But at some stage, you need to take account for your own life and make your own decision whether you want to follow Jesus or not. We are born sinners. We're not born Christians. So we are born outside of Christ. All right? And that might shock you because, what? I grew up in church. I went to church my whole life. I've never done this. I've never done that. I'm, 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 I'm inside Christ. Purely. Hey, that's the question tonight. You know, and this is this is still relevant today, as we just read. 
that people are still living for the cravings of the flesh that the people are talking about. And, and honestly, I've been that person. And often at times, I mean, my spirit has to say, oh, this must say you're not living for your, yourself anymore. You, you're living for Christ now because you're in Christ. But for years, I was outside of Christ. Although I went to church, although I didn't do as much bad things as some other people in my, my family, Paul, you know, uh, <laughs> I still was outside of Christ at a time. And there was a stage where I realized I'm outside. I need to give my life to Him. But still, you find people that are disobedient to the things of God, you know, willingly rejecting the price that Jesus has paid. You know, and the Bible says in, in that scripture, in Ephesians 2, that we, we deserve wrath. We des- deserve wrath. And I don't think we always understand what that means, wrath. You know, is that like a pop star? You know, just like, don't do that again type of thing. Or what does it look like? And I mean, when I look at the Bible, that's, it's not just that. You know, it's quite more than that. That's like the eternity in hell that I'm reading about. You know, when the wrath of God gets poured out for those who are outside of Him, you're not going to make it on that last day. When Jesus comes back and He's like, okay, are you on this side or are you on this side? And when you're on the wrong side, it's too late. You're going to spend eternity without Him in hell. And I, I mean, the Bible is clear on what hell is. And I mean, it's quite cringy at times. That, that's, that's the Bible. And, and for years, no one taught me that. You know, hell was kind of that thing you, you knew about, but no, no one really taught me that what's the consequences of not bringing Jesus. And that's the truth that's waiting for all of us is, is the day when Jesus is coming back and where will you find yourself, in Christ or outside of Christ? That's a very important thing to consider. It's more, more important than the person you marry. <laughs> In Romans 3, verse 23, listen to this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I mean, for years I thought, oh, I'm pretty you know, good enough. Not the pretty part. I'm, I'm pretty good enough. <laughs> and there was a day where I realized all of us have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. No matter how good person you are, no matter how much money you give to whoever, I mean, we all fall short of the glory of God. There's a standard that God is looking for and none of us, no matter how hard we try, will ever reach that standard out of our own flesh. We all fall short. And just a few chapters later in, in chapter 6, Romans 6, verse 23, that there's a consequence to this short falling, so to speak. And it says, for the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. This is what you're going to get because you're outside of Christ. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that the good news? It's only good news because there's bad news. But because God has given us His gift, which is Jesus, that gave His life on the cross, because of that price that He paid, we can now find ourselves in Christ. Isn't that beautiful? When you read throughout the Scriptures, where, where the wrath of God actually were, were poured out over Jesus, I'm actually getting goosebumps as I'm saying that. I'm just thinking about that. The wrath was mine 
that wrath should have been poured out on me and you and you and you and you and you, all of us. But Jesus stepped in and he made a way and all that wrath was poured out over him and he made a way so that we don't have to do that. But it's not a free ticket to heaven, is it? It's not. Those of you who have played Monopoly, I love playing Monopoly. My wife hates it because I always win her with, with, with the game. And she says I'm too competitive, but uh, I just like winning. There's a difference. <laughs> anyway, why did I even say that? Anyway, so in that game, there's a get-out-of-jail-free card. This is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's a surrendering your life to Jesus, and that's the only way. Growing up in a Christian home doesn't give you a get-out-of-jail-free card. All right? So this is what awaits us all back this week. So when I look at that, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I think we're, you know, we're in trouble, aren't we? We're in trouble, and we, we actually deserve hell. And this is, this is the one position I don't want to be in. But because of Jesus, we don't have to be in that position. But because of Jesus, we don't have to feel like we're going to be on the wrong side of this. You can have a confidence. If you are a born-again believer this morning, if you have surrendered your life to Him, you can have a confidence that you are in the right side of this. You are in Jesus. And the question is, do you have that confidence this afternoon? Because if you haven't, today is an opportunity to make sure you are in Christ and not surfing the waves out. So what does it look like to be inside of Christ? Because this is another position that I read about, is to be in Christ. And that's hopefully where all of us will be. So in chapter 4, Elaine, if you can go back to Ephesians 3 verse 4. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, verse 5, sorry, made us alive with Christ. So He made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions, even when you sinned against God, the one who actually created you, we sinned against Him, and still through that, He still said, listen, the opportunity is yours, the gift is still yours, you can take it. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, that's the kind of love I don't always understand, but even on those days where we willingly chose not to obey Him, when we willingly rejected Him, He still loved us. And He still loves us. No matter how bad holiday you had, He still loves you. He still loves you. It's, it's undeserving. It really is. It is by grace you have been saved. It's, it's grace. It's a gift. If you could work for it, it would have been a waste. But it's not. It's a gift. It's grace. Something that you, you, you can't earn. And to be honest, for years I've tried to earn that gift of salvation. I've tried to earn Jesus' acceptance by doing the right things, by not doing the wrong things. But there's a, there's a stage where you actually need to make a decision. Is your life his or is your life yours? And that determines whether you are inside of Him or not. By grace, you have been saved. Oh man, isn't this beautiful? If 
a gift from God. It's not from your own doing. It's not from your own doing. In John 3, verse 16, many of us have this on our fridge or our car or both. I don't know. But I have it on the board this morning, and I want to read it to you. John 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Just keep it on. Keep it on. He loved me and you so much that He said, I'm going to send my Son to die on the cross to bear all of our sins and let His wrath be poured out over Himself. And, I mean, now we've got this opportunity to choose Him. That's the way He loves us. And we, we think, oh my goodness, how does that even work? God, you gave your Son because you love us to forgive us. But there's always a, the rest of your passage, so to speak. It says that for whoever believes, so the opportunity is for everyone. But only those who believe in Him shall not perish and have eternal life. So it's not a guarantee that it's for all. You know, nowadays you get weird religions, you get weird, wacky groups out there that you know, I'm not even going to go into all of it, but it's not like all of us are going to heaven. Anyway, hopefully all of us here in this room will. But we should let go of this new age thing that we're everyone, you know, whatever, whatever we die and we're the son of a good person, he's in a better place. Is he? I don't know. Jesus and, and the, you know, the Father, he, he will judge us. But what I read is like, uh, whoever believes in him and surrender his life to him will have eternal life and will not perish. And verse 6 in Ephesians 2, I'm just, I don't know if you can put it back up, but God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. In Christ, that's where we are seated. If you have given your life to Him, you are now positioned in Christ, and you are seated with Him. Do you think like that? When you wake up in the morning, do you think, I am in Christ? Or do you think, I need to work to get to Christ? <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm being honest, I've, I've done that many times. Where I feel like I need to work get into him but our position our starting point if you surrender your life to him your starting point is you are now in christ and we live from that place and if we go on we are called to work for him so you don't work to get salvation you don't work to get into christ we surrender our lives to him we receive the gift and now we are in christ and that's our starting point that's the starting position so if you want to launch into this year, your starting position should be in Christ. And then from that place, we work. And we work hard. And we spend a lot of time with Him. And we do a lot of things for Him. But we don't do that to earn our position. Yeah. So these are the two positions that I see. We are either inside or outside of Christ. And the only way to get inside of Christ is by surrendering your life to Him, by receiving this gift that God has paid for. 
This is the only way. We can't work for it. No matter how good a person you are. And I don't, I've, I've written down many practical things on how to position ourselves this year. But the last thing I want to do is to give us some practical things on how to position ourselves without having the starting point correct. I don't want to give us practical things. You go do this this year, you're going to position yourself better. And some of us are still in a place of being outside of Christ. Because then you're going to fall into a bad way of having religious activities, thinking that God is pleased with them. No, they're not pleased. The only way is by surrendering our life to Him to make sure you are in Christ. And from that place, there are wonderful practical things that we'll look at. I don't know if we'll get to this because I didn't. But I want to make sure that this afternoon, all of us have an opportunity to make sure that you are in Christ. And if you are, if you are unsure, today is the opportunity to make sure. Even if you've went to church for years, even if you've done the Christian thing, are you in Christ? Have you surrendered your life to Him? Are you confident that when you die, whenever that is, that you will go to be with Him for eternity? Or are you unsure? Is it like, I hope so. And you kind of reflect on, you know, when last did you sin and when last did you ask for forgiveness? And, you know, I had, I had this thing, you know, when I was younger, I wasn't actually saved. I was doing Christian things, but I, I wasn't at a place of being in Christ. And what I did is I, and I got, went out through my day and did some, some things and some bad things here and there. And, and I kind of, you know, in the evenings, Lord, I just pray that you forgive all my sins. Amen. Just for in case I die, you know, when I sleep. Just, and that, that's how I approached it. Just in case, you know, what if I haven't said sorry for, the, for my sins? And I fell into a place of working for his acceptance. And yes, we still need to repent of our sin. We still need to turn away from it. But we're not working for his salvation. We're working from his salvation. From a place of being saved, we work for that. So where do you find yourself this afternoon? Are you sure today that you are in Christ? I want to read a scripture and I want to pray quickly. Just want to pray for us. In Romans 10 verse, verse 9. If you confess your, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Isn't that good news? And I'm hoping some of us might, might listen to me this, this afternoon and think, okay, oh yeah, but... What should I do with this message? What should I do? How can I get in, in Christ? I'm not sure if I'm in Christ. I think I'm, I don't know, I don't know. I don't think I've surrendered my life. I, I have maybe years ago, but I'm not sure. This is the way. By surrendering yourself to Him. By confessing with your mouth, Jesus, you are Lord. And believing in your heart that God did raise Him from the dead. And today, we are serving a God that's alive. We are in a living relationship with Christ Jesus. It's not a, a dead historical figure. He's alive. And when we're in Christ, He gives us the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And from that place, we, we work for, for Him. So before I continue, I, I, I see if I can share one or two practical things. I don't know. But I want to just pause here. I want us to close our eyes right now where you are. 
Don't think about the person listening. Think about you. Are you in Christ or are you outside of Christ? Even if you are unsure this afternoon, take this opportunity to make sure you are in Christ. And this afternoon, if you want to say, oh, yeah, yes, I, I actually want to be in Christ. I don't think I am, but I want to be. And this afternoon, if you want to surrender your life to Him, if you want to give your everything to Him, say, Lord, I'm yours. My life is now yours. I'm not living for my own fleshly desires anymore. I'm starting to live for you now. I'm grabbing hold of this gift of salvation that Jesus paid for. If you want to say yes to that, I want you to raise your hand where you're sitting with all your eyes closed. I just want to pray with you. Thank you. Anyone else? Just be bold. You're responding to God. Just make sure you're in Christ this, this afternoon. We don't want to be on the wrong side of this. pray right now for each one of us as we are just considering where we are that we will find ourselves in you lord and even i'm trusting right now as we are praying that you will come and bring assurance that we are saved assurance that we are fully surrendered to you that even if we we die today that we will be in eternity with you jesus and I pray that this will change the way we live with the confidence that we are living now for you, God. We don't want to abuse your grace, Lord. We want to accept your grace and change all the time so that we can better reflect you. And even for you that responded, I just want you in your own heart, and I've, I know you've done this, and I want you to just make sure that you are in Christ. And it's not about trying to convince yourself type of thing. It is, Lord, I, I'm surrendering all to you. And even for all of us, can we just make sure we surrender our all to you, Lord? Lord, our life is yours, God. Lord, I, wanna, I don't want to live for me anymore. I don't want to live for my desires anymore. I want to live for you, God. I want to be used by you, Lord. I want to be in you, living from that place of intimacy with the Father. And I pray for many of us that might feel far from you, that you will come and bring them close right now. Holy Spirit, just overwhelm each person that feels far away this afternoon. Thank you that you are close. No matter how far we are, you are close. And we give our everything to you, Jesus. We honor you. We thank you for the price that you've paid. We thank you for this gift. Lord, we don't want to take this for granted. We want to celebrate this gift. We want to celebrate this gift of salvation. Amen. Come on, man. I feel like a dream. Hey? Are you guys all right? I'm, I'm actually getting quite hot, but are you still all right? <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll go briefly, some practical just things that I think will help us in just how to better position ourselves in this year to come. And I want you to know that the starting point is in Christ, all right? Just, just take note of that. But in verse 10 in Ephesians, it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do, to do good works. 
You do good works. You are created for a purpose. God has a plan for you to do good works. And these good works, God prepares for you to do. It's not like I wake up one morning, you know, yeah, I think this is a good work. Let's do that today. Let's change my career. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's go to that church. Maybe next week do that. No? I don't know. Did God prepare that for you? Or are you making up what good works are? We need to go like, Lord, what's the good works that you prepared for me to do? Wow, that's so good. <laughs> Seeing his good works. Good. Does that make sense? I don't want to offend anyone, but I, I just want to make sure that you know that God prepared these good works for you. And so I want to look quickly. Just, I'm going to quickly just read headlines. I'm not going to go into much detail. But I want to look at some, just the way the disciples positioned themselves under God. Because that's a good example, isn't it? Some of, it, some of them got it right. Some of them didn't get it right. But I, we, we can learn from how they positioned themselves. And so hopefully you can make practical notes just in the ways you can position yourself wherever you find yourself this year. So firstly, the disciples lived for his presence. They lived for his presence. I want to tell you, you know, without just jumping to conclusions on what the good works are and what I can do for God, if you live for his presence, it will change the way we go into this year. Not his presence. Some of us are living for his presence. Not his presence. His sweet, intimacy moments with him. That's the, that's the way. And we need to stay in step with him. That's, we need to stay in step with him. I'm giving headlines, all right? Next point. <laughs> Feels so wrong to skip all, all over these things. Okay, I'm just going back quickly. Just one thing. We, we need to live for his presence. And can I tell you, I, I was just, I had, a, I had a moment last week where we in groups, you know, just discussing what we can do better this year. I, I had this, this thought. Someone said it years ago that we as Christians are leaking vessels. Did you know that? I wanted to bring a bucket with, full of water with holes in, but I thought, you know, I think the school might be a bit grumpy this m- tomorrow morning. Uh, <laughs> but picture this. Our lives as Christians, it's very much like a bucket with the Holy Spirit pouring His water into us, but we've got holes in it. None of us are perfect. None of us are, are, are like perfect. We all have, you know, insecurities and sin and things like that that we need to deal with. So we've got holes, and so we're always leaking water, don't we? And we continually need to fill ourselves with His water. That's the only way we're going to remain full. So this year, remain full. Just because you had a, a wonderful moment today in his presence doesn't mean you're going to stay full tomorrow. We are leaking vessels. We need to continually fill ourselves with him. All right. That takes work. That's one of the good works God prepared for you. <laughs> stay full of him. All right. Second point. The disciples trusted Jesus. So they lived for him. They lived for his presence, but they also trusted him. Now, I can guarantee you, you will find yourself at a place this year where you're going to be 
in a sense, at a crossroads. Should I trust you, Lord, or should I not trust you? Should I make it happen myself, or should I trust you to make it happen? All right? You can trust Him. In the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of, I don't know how this year will look like, we can put our faith in Him. You know, some people say, I need to see it before I believe it. The Bible actually says we walk by faith, not by sight. And the only thing you should see is Jesus. And that gives you faith. All right? So this year, can we trust Him? Position yourself to trust Him this year. Third practical thing that I think is helpful is the disciples knew Jesus as Lord. They knew Him as Lord. And that's a preach on its own. But to know someone as Lord, to know Jesus is our Lord means that I am the follower. I'm not the leader. All right? So is Jesus following you or are you following Jesus right now? Because we can kind of give our lives to Him and we live our own lives and we kind of assume that Jesus is kind of somewhere, you know. He just blesses my plans. Does He? But if we follow Him, actually, and we live for His plans, He blesses that. That's, that's the way we should live. We should live for His plans. <laughs> that's Lordship. We follow Him. That means we, we submit to Him. We're obedient to Him. Whatever He wants, we do. The disciples actually did that. Lord, what do you want us to do? do that. Okay, and we do it. Some of them were a bit, you know, hardcore and a bit critical. You know, it's like, no, let me just think about it. I'm not feeling it this morning. Well, that's not lordship. Lordship is, Lord, whatever you want to do, want me to do, I do. Whatever you say, I, I'm obedient. If you say I should do it, I don't go and think about it. I do it. <laughs> Obedience. We are the sheep. He is the great shepherd. He is the great shepherd. And I finish with this. Jesus used the willing, not the skilled. He used the willing. Some of them were a bit skilled in preaching. <laughs> but he uses the willing. Are you willing this morning to be used by him? Are you willing to be used by him? You don't have to be the most skilled person. I mean, look at us. Don't look too long, but look, look at us. We are not so skilled. <laughs> Honestly, if you came here this, this afternoon to be wowed, you probably are disappointed right now. And you can't wait for me to finish. This, we are not professionals. Some of you are close, but we're not. We are willing. <laughs> Everything else, Lord, you Christ, and you have built that in me, and, and some of you, it's not because I'm super skilled. I am an art of a lot, you know. A lot. I mean, I, I can, even while I'm preaching, you can find really amazing preachers on this side right now. On YouTube, you can even just put a, like a earphone in your ear and make like you're listening to me, but actually you're listening to that, that oak that really flew. He doesn't M and R in his preach. He is skilled. I don't know. 
we need to work on our skills, obviously. We need to grow in our skills. But God calls the willing. He uses the willing. The disciples, they were busy working, fishing. That was, that was their work. And Jesus came to them. To Simon and his brother Andrew, there's a whole passage in Matthew that I'm not going to go into. But he came to them and said, come and follow me. Come and follow me. I don't know in what accent, but it's like, kind of, kind of, come and follow me. And this was their response. Immediately, they left what they were doing and they followed him. How simple is that? Nothing, no, no Bible school, no, can you preach, no, can you pray in tongues, no, can you do this, do that. Willingly, immediately. Is there an immediately in your heart to follow him, to be used by him? I mean, we need to work on skills. Don't, don't, don't listen to what I'm not saying. <laughs> we need to work on skills, but that's not the way God uses us. That's not the way God calls us. Immediately. I want to say, I, I hope that was helpful. You said I should use those practical things. So <laughs> I'm kidding. But it is helpful. It is helpful for me even to go into this thing. Like, okay, Lord, I want to position myself this year your way. Your way. I want to be used by you. You know, I'm looking around in this room, and some of you I know, some of you I actually don't know. But I'm, I'm just getting such a glimpse of his heart. Like, man, he wants to use you. He wants to use you. He's got a plan for you. Some of you actually gave up on that. But God said, no. I've prepared good work for you. I've, I've a plan for you. Just be willing. Just come as you are. Don't, don't try and be perfect and then come. Just come as you are. 